Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In verse 10, the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I want to speak to you for a few minutes on the subject, great joy. You may be seated. The promise of this good news of great joy that would be to all people was given by an angel to the shepherds, the lowly shepherds watching their flocks by night in a field not far from where Jesus was born. Good news, good tidings of great joy. The world into which Jesus came needed a little good news. In that culture, slavery was common. Oppression was rampant. Jewish priests preyed upon innocent people. Seductive cults flourished. Religion from the Romans had no power. The philosophies of the Greeks had failed. One historian Tacitus said that the spirit of the times was to corrupt and to be corrupted. Government could not save them. Religion had disappointed them. The graft and corruption of the major institutions in their society had let them down and they had all but lost hope. The common people of the land looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, the promises that had been made throughout the Old Testament that the Lord would come in flesh and He would deliver His people. The world desperately needed a Savior. And when Almighty God announced the coming of Jesus Christ to earth, it would have been enough if He would have told them that the Messiah would deliver them from sin. But along with that, He said this would be good news of great joy. What was special about the joy that Jesus Christ gives? And how does it compare to the joy that unchurched people feel all around our world? After all, it is possible for a person without God to feel happiness and maybe what we would call joy in their lives. After all, people celebrate love and life. And at the Christmas season, the long lines at the checkout stands aren't just filled with people who are fraudulently celebrating Christmas. There's something about the season that generates giving in our hearts. We're not just looking for an old pair of socks to give someone or something that our friends and family don't need, but there's something that overtakes us with the spirit of giving. At this season, though, there are a lot of people who are prone to party and seek pleasure and all kinds of sensual entertainment and drunkenness and drug uh, use. 
But all of that does not satisfy the deeper cry for joy. But there is a joy that comes through the good news of the gospel that is great joy. Amen. I want to talk to you about that joy for just a few minutes. First of all, the great joy that Jesus gives is based on salvation and not circumstances. It comes from the power of the gospel that is imparted to your lives. We have a lot of people connected to ministry in our church. It's great to have evangelist Tim Green, his family here today. Brother Green is usually traveling, preaching the good news. But Luke said, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. This great joy is not a self-generated attitude. It is a product of salvation. When the Lord gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit, He imparts great joy to your life. Joy is a product of the Holy Ghost that comes into your life. The Apostle Paul wrote about the fruit of the Spirit. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. In other words, joy is not something that you conjure up or create in your life. If you have the gift of life, if you have the gift of salvation, along with it planted in your spirit is joy, and not just any kind of joy, but great joy. Amen. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, love naturally comes. And joy naturally comes. It is a product of the work of the Spirit in your life. And in case you haven't gotten the announcement, great joy will displace the Scrooge in you. It'll send it away and it will replace it with great joy. Jesus spoke about what happens when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were asking about what salvation does and John chapter 4, Jesus answered an immoral woman at a well one day and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will be in him a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. In John 7, 37, Jesus said, the last day, the great day of the feast, he cried and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when the Spirit flows out of you, that living water produces a joy that you cannot generate any other way. I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost brings great joy into your life. It doesn't have to be pumped up. It just bubbles up out of your soul when you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. Great joy is a product of great news in your life. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. 
for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song, and he also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the well of salvation. I wonder if on Christmas Eve somebody would tap in to the source of salvation and the joy that Jesus gives. Why don't you celebrate what salvation has done in your life? celebrate great joy. And the apostle Peter said that the Lord has begotten us to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and reserved in heaven for you that doesn't fade away. That we are kept by the power of God through faith to salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. But he said, even though now we greatly rejoice, maybe though for a season you've gone through a part time of heaviness, through many temptations or trials, that the trial of your faith that is more precious than gold would be found to praise and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. First Peter 1 and 8, he talks about this joy that abides even in times of trial and testing. He said, whom having not seen, you love. And whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He said, I know that you're going through a tough time right now, but there is something that trials and struggle and difficulty cannot take away. It is the joy that Jesus gives. It is a product of salvation in your soul. Amen. It is great joy. Great joy is the product of salvation. Jesus said that you should rejoice not because the devils are subject to you, but because your name is written in heaven. I don't know what tomorrow holds for you or for our culture, but I just want to tell you that there is an underlying joy that is resident through all of the difficulties of life and that it is a product of salvation and the knowledge that you're in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Great joy is a result of salvation. The second feature of the joy that Jesus gives is that it is permanent, not passing. You know, emotions rise and fall. Emotions and feelings come and go. But the great joy that Jesus gives is an abiding joy. That joy gives you strength in times of trial and trouble. Jesus said... In this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities. He said, I rejoice in my sufferings. He said, I know that no matter what is going on in my life, well, good times come and go. 
while bad times come and you think they're here to stay, that there's something that is not passing, and it is the joy that Jesus gives. It is the product of salvation. It is permanent. It is not passing. There's a third thing about the joy that Jesus gives, and it is great. Amen. I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy. The angel told the shepherd something about the quantity of joy that Jesus gives. If you are going to try to measure it in terms of a drink at a fast food restaurant, the joy that Jesus gives is not sippy cup size. It is not small, not medium, it's not large, it's not even extra large, but the joy that Jesus gives is a supersized portion of joy. Hey, and it comes with three real refills every day of your life. You can draw joy out of the waters of salvation. Behold, I give you great news, good news of great joy. Not just a little bit of joy, but great joy. And this great joy is supplied to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Peter Preach the message that we preach every week around here. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Holy Ghost gives you great joy. Great joy. Great joy. Great joy. Over the course of my life, I've been privileged to pray with people Hundreds, and I would dare say maybe even thousands of people when they received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. I've watched them begin to let their known language change to an other tongue, a language that comes from God, another tongue that comes when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I watched it happen just this past Wednesday evening to a lady named Carol that came with Sister Brenda Seche. I watched this great joy begin to break out over her face as that living water began to spring up out of her and she spoke in tongues for the very first time. Hey, some of you have lost that great joy, but I want to tell you today that you can see it happen. You can feel it happen. It is the joy that Jesus gives. It is great joy. The Apostle Peter said it is joy, inexpressible, unspeakable, and full of glory. Why don't you applaud the greatness of God and his great joy? 
Hallelujah. Amen. This great joy is a product of salvation. It's a product of the good news. It is permanent, not passing. It is great joy. And the angel said in Luke 2 and 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What I love about this great joy is that it's not for a little exclusive club of people. Like in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, God's chosen people. It's not just for people who were raised in church, who were taught moral principles from their childhood up. I mean, after all, think about it. This proclamation was given to lowly shepherds watching their flocks by night, an underclass of people in that day. Those lowly shepherds heard the words of good news of great joy. And then those wise men, those magi from the east, they knew about this great joy. What I love about the family of God is that we are everyone from everywhere that you can imagine. The family of God exists of people from every conceivable culture and class. In Revelation 5, the Bible said that he's redeemed us out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Paul wrote in Galatians, that when you're in Christ, <clears throat> that you're neither Jew nor Greek. You're neither slave nor free. You're neither male nor female. You are one in Jesus Christ. In Colossians, he said a similar thing. Not Jew, Greek, circumcision, uncircumcision. He said, but even in the church, there are some people that we would call barbarians but the gospel works even for them. <clears throat> he said there are some people, Colossians 3.11, they're called Scythians. Now Scythians were considered to be the lowest possible class of people. But Paul said this good news of great joy, it's for all people. It doesn't matter what your color is, what your culture is, it doesn't matter what your background is. And even it doesn't matter what your sinful past is. This is good news of great joy for all people. Paul wrote about this, 1 Corinthians 6. He said, there are some people who used to be one thing, but now there's something else. In fact, he says such were some of you. But you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified, you've got good news of great joy, so you're not what you used to be. But listen to what they used to be. You used to indulge in sexual sin. You used to worship idols. You used to commit adultery. He said, in fact, some people 
that have good news of great joy actually used to be male prostitutes. And they practiced homosexuality in their past life. Some were thieves. Some were greedy. Some were drunkards. Some were abusive. Some were cheaters. And no one like that gets into the kingdom of God unless that great news, good news of great joy, changes them. Amen. This good news of great joy is a product of the gospel. It is permanent. It is not passing. It is great joy, and it is for all people everywhere, even today. So this year at Christmas time, I want to encourage you, if you've lost your joy, why don't you get it back? If you've never had good news of great joy, what better day than today to see Jesus Christ deliver you from your sins and impart great joy into your life? Would you bow your heads right now? Jesus, on a day like today, there are people who are living far beneath the privileges of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There are people who claim to be Christians who have lost great joy. And I pray that you would restore to them the joy of their salvation as they confess their sins, as they change their attitude and heart. I pray that you would restore the power of your spirit and the great joy that only you give. I pray today for people who have never known that great joy. Lord, if they were to die today, they would spend eternity separated from you. Lord, this is a very serious thing because we're not just here to celebrate the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. We're here to celebrate the birth of Christ in us. And Lord, it wouldn't be right for us to have church on Christmas Eve and not give someone a chance to find the joy that Jesus gives. So I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would forgive sins, that you would let the joy of salvation come into someone's heart today. And I pray it in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Right where you're sitting, would you begin to ask Jesus to cleanse every known sin in your life? Would you ask him to wash you clean? Would you confess your sins? And would you determine to, to forsake your sins? No matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, I want you to right now ask Jesus to forgive you. Maybe you're supposed to be a Christian. Maybe you're even involved in ministry at Atlanta West. But I want you right now to confess your sins because Jesus knows where you are. Don't just keep faking it. Don't just keep pretending to have great joy. Let that joy be deep inside of you. And if it is, it will spring up into everlasting life. Amen. That's it. I want you to pray right now. Everyone, would you lift your voice and pray?
That's it. Pray right on out loud. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Just keep praying just a little while. I just want to tell you that right now I feel a sense of desperation in my spirit that I'm reaching for someone's soul today. Hallelujah. We have time to reach for a lost person right now on Christmas Eve. That's it. Go ahead. Cleanse your heart before God. Open your spirit to Him. Maybe you've let circumstances cloud out the joy. Maybe you've let trials just kind of crush that joy. But why don't you dig now today with joy you're going to draw waters out of the well of salvation. Just say, keep praying just another moment. Jesus, I pray today, Lord, that you would let someone press past their pride, their awkwardness right now, Lord. They don't want to make a scene. They don't want to be discovered. But Lord, you see every hurting heart. You see every sinful soul. You know exactly where we are today. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would forgive sin, that you would give joy today, the joy that comes from salvation. you to turn your heart toward the Lord and begin to worship Him and let the Holy Ghost come over you. If you've never spoken in tongues, let the Spirit come on you right now. If you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, let it come on you right now. Why don't we stand and why don't we worship Him? Let the Lord come to you right now, right where you're standing, right where you're seating.